Talk to my friend Drew. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Die Allen. Conservative. I look into this guy for wisdom. Welcome to the Drew Allen Show. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. We're back for a a a live version, not a scripted 15-minute uh, version here. You get the, the real deal today. Not that those other things aren't important, but a uh, ton going on as usual. You know, I want to start off this way. You know, more and more this is, this is I don't say this in a negative way because I go to church and, uh, you know, you get a good preacher and you learn something. And so um, I would never, uh, you know, speak of myself in such low terms to say that, you know, in a negative fashion, all right, I'm going to preach at you. Um but I just can't help. I, I don't know. I don't know if you feel this way, Captain. I'll just put this out there. You listening can make up your minds. I, I, I have observed this remarkable malaise. I, I, don't, I don't know that malaise is even the right word for the American spirit right now. What, what I detect out there is this apathy. This almost indifference towards what's happening in the country right now. This this hopelessness, this helplessness. And unfortunately, I'd say the rhinos out there, these people who are never Trumpers, who are committed to making sure he isn't the candidate, you know, they're supporting Ron DeSantis or, you know, whoever they're supporting that isn't Trump. I mean, those people don't stand a chance, but those that are just adamant, you know, they won't support Trump. They don't want to support Trump. These people are contributing to this atmosphere of really despondency out there. It's a no-brainer if you look at the situation out there. And I'm sorry, if, if, if you can't see it, you're an unbelievably ignorant person. It's so simple right now. It's so simple right now. If the le- election was held, you know, tomorrow... It doesn't matter. I mean, hold the election when you want. That's not really my point. My point is you're looking at the Democrat Party and Joe Biden who have interfered in two previous elections. And now they're trying to interfere in a third election next year in 2024. You have the most corrupt president in American history sitting in the White House, Joe Biden. His crimes are out there in the open. Everyone can see it. It's in front of our faces. I mean, it's laughable. It's like we all saw the murder and they're trying to convince us that there was no foul play. I mean, that's how obvious it is. And I said this in one of the shorts the other day, but obviously, clearly, there's more evidence of Biden family criminal behavior. Just as it relates to Burisma, forget China, forget Romania, forget all the other things out there that we aren't even talking about right now. Right now, we're just talking about what happened at Burisma. But there's more evidence of Biden family criminality with Burisma than there is in every single Trump investigation combined. It's astounding. It's obviously, it's, it's, I mean, I'm trying so hard to wake people up. I really am. But some people have their heads stuck so up there, you know what's, that I don't know what you do. You got to almost cut the head off. That's the only way to get it out of there. It's rammed up there so far. 
But back, but back to this, this point of malaise, because I want to address this, and I want to continue to address this thematically. I think it's necessary. Like I said, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not some kind of natural-born optimist here. I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not trying to be, you know, whatever. Some poser, some fraud. I'm not. But as, as I've explained, when it comes to the country, when it comes to you and us together, when, I, when it comes to looking at history and what we've overcome together, when it comes to those things, I am an absolute optimist. Maybe it's weird, whatever, but, you know, when it comes to the country, I'm a total optimist. Always, always, always. And that's why the last episode I said, is it time to panic? And I said, no, it's not. It's not. It's not going to do us any good. Look, there are people out there, of course, that are just lunatics who are out there believing this crap that Joe Biden's done nothing wrong and Republicans are somehow persecuting Joe Biden, right? That it's us that's trying to enter. It's we who are trying to interfere in an election. Joe Biden didn't do anything wrong. Republicans are making this up. I mean, they have their entire world purview flipped upside down. And those people, I really, I, I, I mean, they scare me because these are the kind of people that uh, would do horrendous things to their American fellow American citizens. They're lunatics. You know many of these people. They're walking amongst us. It's frightening that they exist. But I don't think that's the majority. What I see with many Republicans and Democrats is just keep your head down. Pretend like, just don't even pay it, don't talk about it. There's nothing we can do about it. Democrats, of course, they know that Joe Biden's corrupt. Many of them. Many of them do. Many of them do. It's unignorable. Now, look, they're media. I get it. They're not listening to me. They're not listening to other people out there that are talking about this. And that's the strategy, right? The Democrats just keep their voter base in the, in the dark. And, of course, they're pumping out their fake stories all the time to distract them from things that actually matter, to distract them from the, honestly, the end of America if this continues. You had Kamala Harris who's out there spreading this absolute lie. Speaking of misinformation, disinformation, everything's projection with the Democratic Party, right? So she's out there talking about this Florida education, right? You know, Florida middle school curriculum that's been introduced. Well, she's claiming it, it, it includes lessons on how enslaved people benefited from slavery. It's an absolute lie. It's an absolute joke. It's a hoax. It's not, it's not real. It's fake news. But I, I cannot believe, you know, I don't really get have much time to get on social media, but I, I got on Facebook or something like that, which is mainly what people above the age of 70 use these days. It's kind of funny how that worked out. It was, you know, it was, it was like you had to, you got so excited when you're young because you had to have a college collegiate email address to actually use Facebook. That was the criteria back when Zuckerberg was pretending uh, to be, you know, a, you know, this not anti-capitalist, I'm not in it for the money kind of guy. But anyway. And now, of course, you know, almost everyone I know who uses it <laughs> religiously, I mean, they're my parents' age. My parents are in their 70s. That's just the reality. It's kind of funny. But anyway, CNN, on their State of the Union, they had this kind of round table. It wasn't a round table because there weren't enough to make it, make it round, but I think there were three people on there. It was this panel discussing this. And it was actually... Uh, CNN political commentator Scott Jennings, of all people, right? They called out Harris. This was on Sunday. 
for making that claim that, you know, Florida's trying to teach people that slavery was good. And Jennings says, uh, amongst other things, well, I'll just read you kind of a quote. I, I, I don't have the audio for you, but he says, what's amazing to me is that how little Kamala Harris apparently has to do that she can read something on Twitter one day and be on the airplane the next to make something literally out of nothing. This is a completely made up deal. I looked at the standards. I even looked at an analysis of the standards in every instance where the word slavery or slave was used. I even read the statement of the African-American scholars that wrote the standards. So you understand that it's black people, black Americans. <laughs> it's, it's black Americans who wrote this curriculum in Florida. They're black people. <laughs> I mean, anyway, Jennings goes on. Everybody involved in this says this is completely a fabricated issue. And yet look at how quickly Kamala Harris jumped on. I mean, this is the thing. And, and, you know, so my, my point of Facebook was there's these people I grew up with I went to church with growing up, and they're absolute libtards today. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, that's what they are. It's amazing young people how stupid they are. But these individuals, uh, they're married. They have kids. It's really sad that they're going to indoctrinate their kids to be losers by virtue of them being such morons. But they were on vacation in Florida, I saw, and they felt the need to post something on Facebook that was to the effect of, Wow, trying to enjoy a, enjoy a vacation in Florida and, and, you know, realizing, you know, what a crappy state this is or something in relation to this, that this curriculum is teaching. Let, let, me just, let me just say this, too. The Democratic Party and the people that are falsely claiming, like Kamala Harris, that they're trying to teach that slavery was good, which is an, I mean, you know, when we address these things, it's difficult, right? Because they're lying. It's, they're lying. It's like, I'm refuting something. I'm on the defense about something that's not true. It was never said. It's never done. But here we are. This is what the Democrats do. And stupid people in this country just tweet it out or whatever. But the Democratic Party and the people that are upset by this fake news, they're the people that want to teach your child that they should cut off, cut off their pee-pee when they're 12 years old. They're the people that want to tell your daughter that she should cut off her breasts when she's 12 years old. They take puberty blockers. They want these people to change their gender, to become transgender when they're little kids. These are the people that want to teach that, right? These are the people that want to teach critical race theory, right? Which is Marxism, critical race theory. It just takes Marxism and puts it in light of race, right? That's all it is. So these people want to teach your kid. So these people that are the experts on history here, they're the ones who want to tell your kid if they're black or a minority, but predominantly if they're black, that they are victims by virtue of their skin color. And they want to tell anybody else, particularly white people, of course, that they are oppressors based on their skin color. This is the history the Democrats want to teach. The Democrats have a completely fabricated, and you know what, I've got several chapters in my book, we're getting closer, I'll have an announcement soon. I got several chapters devoted to this. And you read this book and you read these three chapters and you're a Democrat, there's no way you can re continue remaining loyal to the Democratic Party. This big switch where Democrats suddenly became the champions of blacks in America never, ever happened. Never happened. Unbelievable that people believe this lie. All these lies. The Republicans, MAGA, that were fascists, for example. No, by definition, the Democratic Party is fascist. They're far left and they're far right. They're far left Marxist and they're far right fascist. That's what they are.
They're using the FBI, like, you know, the Nazis, use their brown shirts. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, it's happening in front of our freaking faces. Every dictatorship, every totalitarian regime has to have a, well, a military component to enforce their rule. And that's what the FBI is in America. It's so obvious what's going on. I mean, history is repeating itself in America today. It's so clear, so obvious. It's crazy. I mean, I, 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 I... so anyway, I mean, I, I saw people like Stephen A. Smith, who, God. you know, I, I just, you know, I don't know him personally, obviously. I know he and Mark Levin had a little friendship going back and forth over the years. They didn't agree on much, really. But Stephen A. Smith is the perfect example of a really ignorant human being in America. He's out there on his little podcast he started, just railing against this. Republicans want to, you know, teach people that slavery is good. No, this doesn't belong anywhere. I mean, it's just, it's, it's nuts. These people are just, so far gone. So far gone. So, anyway, back to the malaise. Back to that, and then we'll move on to some things. Look, you, we, we have got to resist the temptation to be apathetic right now. I mean, I, I, got, I got to be honest with you. I mean, this, this stems from COVID and the, the forced vaccinations and people having regret about something. Not everybody does, but I'm just saying, that, that plays into it. Like you listen to Dan Bongino talk about him getting vaccinated. He says it's the biggest regret he has in his life. I'm not saying you have to feel that way. I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm simply telling you that there are a number of things that have happened over the years here, recent history that we've all lived through that have contributed to this environment. COVID was a big contributor to it. And the American spirit seems to be in a perilous state right now. I don't want to say it's crushed, but I would say for many people it is crushed. And I got to tell you, look, every election is about what? Voter turnout, right? Generally speaking, there's strategy to it, of course, but it's about enthusiasm. It's really enthusiasm that dictates who's going to win. If you've got a suppressed voter base who just isn't excited to get out and vote and doesn't really show up in numbers, you're not going to win. And that's what we're looking at. I mean, I, I just, it's crazy to me because maybe I do, because I do all this all day long, you know, for all these 35, 36 clients. I mean, I'm, I'm just in, I live in this world all day long. So osmosis is a lot of it. But there's so many obvious strategies that should be implemented right now. You know, Joe Biden and what the Democratic Party are doing are worse than anything that's happening on the other side. And, and it's just so frustrating to me because it's so clear to me that Donald Trump needs to be backed. He needs to be backed. And this is what I'm talking about, the just destroyed American spirit. You have somebody, Donald Trump, who's willing to continue taking them on. They want to put him in prison to prevent him from running for re-election. This guy's gone through hell and back. He's putting himself out there. Somehow, he puts on some optimistic face. So I don't know how he does it. This is a, a remarkable human being. Most of us would just jump off a cliff. We'd certainly quit. But he's not doing it. And we can't have his back. All this stuff with the DeSantis crowd and everything else, and I'm sorry, 
I mean, look, if you've listened to me, you know I'm not, I'm not trying to offend you, okay? So I don't, I don't have time for this. We're going to run out of time. I got to get to these points. You know, what these people are doing who are never Trumpers, who are spending all their time, all their days, all their weeks, viciously on Twitter or elsewhere in the media attacking Trump, they're doing a disservice to this country. We need momentum. We need it now. And there's nothing to be ashamed of in Trump. We should be mobilizing together right now every single contender. They're not really contenders because it's a joke. Trump's leading them by double digits. And by the way, for all the people out there who are sitting there saying, I love DeSantis, Drew, you're wrong. Trump can't win the general and so on and so forth. Well, right now, according to a Harvard Caps poll, the most recent one, Donald Trump would win a re-election, a rematch against Joe Biden. And in fact, he captures a, a bunch of independents. I don't have the thing in front of me right now. But, you know, the, for the never Trump crowd that says, look, they don't have a chance at winning. Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, Ron DeSantis even. They have no chance of actually getting the Republican nomination. So naturally, what is their argument in favor of themselves? Well, we might not be able to win the nomination, but Trump can't win the general. So actually, change your loyalty from Trump to us because we're going to win the general. And of course, everyone forgets the fact that Donald Trump grew his voter base by 11 million votes from 2016 to 2020. That's massive. Nobody believes, nobody with, it, with, a, with a brain believes that Joe Biden got whatever, 83, 80, however many it was, the most votes ever, you know, 15 million more than Barack Obama. I mean, if you think about it, 2016, Hillary Clinton got, I don't know, 66, 68 million votes, I think it was. And then Joe Biden, four years later, gets like 16 million more votes. My A-double-S. But nonetheless, nonetheless, I don't understand how anybody who is correctly observing what the Democratic Party has become and what they're doing to the country, how they cannot back Donald Trump. I don't understand where the shame is coming from. I don't understand what the hesitation or resistance is. If you cannot understand the stakes right now in this country, you can't understand the fact that the Democratic Party is the most corrupt party in American history that is trying to do what the Nazis did in Germany here in America and elsewhere. It doesn't have to be the Nazis, obviously the most popular one to go to. Everyone is familiar with him, but it's happened elsewhere too. If you can't get that, I mean, I don't know. So the thing to do right now, in my opinion, would be to focus on the most significant issue of our, not just our time, but American history, which is the fact that we are on the precipice of, of devolving into a tyranny. And you have the Democrat Party fomenting all of it. I mean, there's tape coming out I saw today, more January 6th footage. There was one Capitol police officer captain that testified before Congress under oath that he almost died that day. Right? Because they got to play at the insurrection how dangerous it was. Well, guess what? We have the video now of this gentleman, and he's perfectly fine and healthy. He lied. He lied. Who ordered him to lie? Do you understand what happened on January 6th? I mean, it's clear as day. Clear as day. But anyway, for the Democrats out there listening, maybe there's one or two, I don't know, the trolls, I'd like you to hear, cut one, Captain, of Joe Biden in 2019. He said this many times. He still says this today, by the way. But anyway, here's cut one of Biden. Talking about how he did not discuss business with his son. Go ahead and play cut one, Captain. Go. The president's accusation against you stems from your son, Hunter Biden, 
working on the board of an energy company in Ukraine right. while you were vice president. Do you agree that that could at least create the appearance of a conflict? Look, what I agree is with that there's not a single solitary thing anyone said that was done wrong. I don't discuss business with my son. I didn't know that was the case in, in it, when, when, in fact, I found out after the fact. And because I don't discuss things with my son or my family, because I don't want to have any knowledge of any, I, I don't want to be accused of, well, you talk with your son or you talk with your whomever. And so the fact is, though, everybody's looked at that. He did nothing wrong. Zero. Period. Well, of course, Joe Biden participated in over 24 calls with Hunter's overseas business partners. That's the latest report. 24 calls with Hunter, with Hunter's overseas business partners. So, you know, Hunter would say things like, Dad, I'm going to put my dad on the phone. Dad, here's the phone. That happened 24 times. 24 times. And there's Biden lying through his teeth. And you catch him there. He's saying what the truth is. I don't want anyone to think that, you know, I'm involved in this. If there's any corruption. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you for telling us exactly why you're denying it. And I listen to the radio about 15 minutes a day, Captain. Not much, just as I'm going around town. And I, 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 I heard Mark Levin say something that I thought was very smart, worth repeating, which is this. It's incredibly bizarre that Joe Biden would never discuss business with his son. That was Mark Levin's point. He's exactly right. It's a brilliant point. You won't discuss, I mean, the fact that you're coming out adamant saying, I, I did not talk about business ever. Well, what do you talk about with your son? You don't talk about it. Hey, dad, hey, son, how's your company doing? You guys doing okay over there? I mean, that was bizarre in itself. And it, it was a telltale sign early on. But, you know, there's Joe Biden lying through his teeth. And we know now that the FBI actually told the Delaware U.S. attorney that it had partially corroborated the Biden bribery claims. So Joe Biden's sitting there telling you, the American people, that this has been dismissed. Uh, they've looked at this. And he's right. This was looked at. And the FBI did look at it. And they actually corroborated the Biden bribery claims, some of them. It's just amazing. And this guy's still in office. If you could just think to yourself, all the damage that's happened to this country since Joe Biden was inaugurated. Think about it. The destruction to the economy, inflation, the empowerment of China, the war between Russia and Ukraine. We handed Afghanistan back over to the Taliban. All of these hundreds of billions of dollars now that we're pouring into Ukraine, washing the money. All the dead Americans from fentanyl overdoses. On and on. Tragedy has been the result of the Biden presidency. And all along, the FBI knew that he was corrupt. All of these people knew he was corrupt. And they hid this from the American people in 2020. They did other things, too, in terms of election meddling. But all this pain, all this pain, we shouldn't have ever been in this situation. And the repercussions of this are going to echo for a long time into the future.
You know, I heard a uh, llama mouth, llama teeth, llama face, Beto O'Rourke. That's what I call him. Have you ever seen a llama's mouth? You know, it's like, it's, it's, yeah. Well, that's what Beto's mouth looks like. He can't afford dental work. So, uh, Beto, he was on TV. So, you know, obviously, let's, let's make one thing clear first. The Biden administration is actually facilitating the illegal immigration into the country. It's not that illegals are coming here and, you know, the administration just can't stop them all. It's that the administration is actually inviting them here and then helping them get across. Now, Texas, of course, has issues because they're a border state and they're just getting, well, they're being invaded. And they're not getting any help, of course, from the administration because they're actually wanting this to take place. So Governor Abbott put up razor wire, barbed wire, whatever, at the border, you know, to prevent people from breaking the law and coming in here and getting in, invading. And just like Kamala Harris out there with the Florida's teaching children that slavery is good. Well, Beto O'Rourke and the Democrats were seizing upon this story that Greg Abbott was a monster because illegals coming over with children were shoving their children through this barbed wire and they were getting hurt. So obviously the problem's not the illegals, the parents or not even parents, whoever the heck is with these kids. It's, it's Abbott's fault now for trying to prevent it from happening. Do you see what their, what their motivation is? They want an open border. You're not allowed to stop it. If you prevent it, you're a monster. If you prevent it, you're barbaric. Now, the illegals that are coming over here that are drowning, it's not their fault. That's not their decision. I'm so sick of it. You're not allowed to defend the border. That's the point. And the cartels have now put bridges over the Rio Grande, I believe it is. It's a body of water. In order to, so, now, so now, you know, it's like, let's just make it as safe as possible. The illegals are coming. We've got to help them come. I'm so tired of it. This is an impeachable offense. Totally impeachable offense. But this is happening. More than 7 million in the country. We don't know where they are, what they're doing. So anyway, um, all right, so it's become pretty clear at this point, we've known this for months now, that Joe Biden did talk about his son's business dealings with him. Now, Joe Biden has been confronted about this and asked, and he just continues to deny it, but we have the WhatsApp message, for example, between Hunter Biden. So now it's no secret. The American people are aware that... That's not true. They're aware it's, it, they can't cover it up anymore that Joe Biden did talk about business with Hunter Biden. So now what does the Democratic Party do? Here's a lesson, Drew University, right? They just pivot. They'll pretend that they never said that. They'll pretend that they never denied that. They'll pretend that they never defended Biden in saying that he didn't talk about his business dealings. Now they're just going to pivot and they're going to change the story and they're going to say, well, play cut two, Captain. I'll show you how this plays out in real life. Cut two. Kareem Jean-Pierre. 
Um, uh, Chairman James Comer today says that the Oversight Committee, excuse me, has evidence that the President in the past communicated directly with foreign business associates of his son Hunter Biden many times. Curious if the White House and the President still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his business. So I've been, I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The President ha was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. Do you see what she did there? The question is, <clears throat> Joe Biden has repeatedly asserted, claimed that he did not talk about business dealings with Hunter Biden. And what does Corrine Jean-Pierre there do? She says, it's, I've got the same answer I've always had for you. She says, Joe Biden, Joe Biden was not involved in business with Hunter Biden. So she changed the entire story there. That's not what she's been saying. And that wasn't what the question was. So now they're not denying they're not denying that Joe Biden discussed business. Now they're just denying and saying that Joe Biden wasn't involved in business with Hunter. I mean, this should end Joe Biden's presidency for the 61st time. And Corrine Jean-Pierre, the mop head, gets away with this every single time. The dumbest press secretary in American history. Another first for the Biden administration. Congratulations. And, you know, Devin Archer, he was supposed to testify today. He's been subpoenaed long ago, actually, in June, early June, I think he was subpoenaed. But he's supposed to testify Monday, today, as I'm speaking, before the House Oversight Committee. And what did he do? He canceled for the third time. Is he afraid? Is he just playing games? Obviously, we know that the individuals behind all this would kill you to prevent it from coming out. Now, obviously, you know, who can, who can forget the individual, the whistleblower, who they just charged with all those different crimes? One of them. But that's the message. You come for the Democrats, you're not safe. You're not safe. Did you hear about this one, Captain? Speaking of not being safe, Obama's personal chef, he drowned on their property, essentially. So, you know, on their $12 million house, whatever it's worth there in Martha's Vineyard. Uh, Tafari Campbell. All right, he's their personal chef, spends a lot of time there at Martha's Vineyard, and I would imagine travels with him to Hawaii and to all their other properties that they've purchased. And apparently... The individual, Tafari, was on a paddleboard, and he was in the pond. Now, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be a, a clickbait person here. So I want to, I want to be honest. I mean, I mean, it was like eight feet deep of water, from what I understand. It wasn't particularly deep. Now there could have been some currents and things like that in there, but for all intents and purposes, it was a pretty safe place and pretty, relatively still. Now, I, this, this individual, Tafari Campbell, he didn't know how to swim. We've been able to look that up, and apparently on a social media post in the past, uh, he mentioned that he didn't know how to swim. Obviously, that makes sense, because you wouldn't drown if you fell in eight feet of water if you could swim. Now, there was another paddleboarder apparently with him. We don't know who that individual was, but it's very odd to me. Captain, if you and me were out paddleboarding, firstly, I don't know why you would, let's just say you can't swim. 
You know, I don't really know why you would be on a paddleboard anyway if you couldn't swim. When you're, you know, away from the shore like that, it's just not a safe. I don't know why you would do that. You know, if you were trying to teach somebody to swim, obviously you'd do it in a pool. And I don't want to be a jerk because, I mean, it's it's still surprising to me. I meet them all the time. I have friends, you know, that they can't swim. They didn't learn how to swim. I was at a pool party, I don't know, like a month ago at a friend's house. And one of the guys there, really cool guy, got to know him. He, he couldn't swim. He didn't know how to swim. He's like 40 years old and he doesn't know how to swim. He never, never, was never taught how to swim. The thing that's interesting about it is when you're a kid, right? So we've got a 15 week old soon, you just drop them in the water and essentially let them figure it out for themselves and they'll float. I mean, that's the instinct that takes over when you're a kid, but apparently when you get older, you're too smart and you, you, you flail and you, you can't figure it out. You freak out. But obviously, there's probably cameras that would capture this footage. And I think this is just a very bizarre circumstance. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, this stuff happens. You think about the Clinton family. I mean, it's just like the proximity. It's just what are the odds, right? What are the How many people drown a year? How many drown like this? Why, why did this happen? How, I mean, I just don't expect to get real answers anytime. But my point with, with you, Captain, was saying, okay, let's say you can't swim and you and I, I convince you to get out there and go on a paddleboard with me. You're talking about eight feet of water. I'm a pretty good swimmer. Now, you know, people do drown when they try to help other people who are drowning. So I, that's real. But you got a paddleboard, right? So you can hang on to that. Like, this is a situation that it seems to me that this shouldn't have happened. I mean, this is, a, you know, I used to lead uh, tours in Yellowstone National Park and I have little kids, not little kids, but, you know, like 10, 11 years old, we'd, do, we'd go whitewater rafting. And I, I had kids fall in the river and it's very dangerous. And, you know, I was trained to some extent, but, you know, I would, I would pull those kids out of, the, out of the water. Now, this is a grown adult, but I'm just saying, this is, the, you know, the reason we have these questions, it's not just because it was Obama's property. It's because it, it just strikes us as bizarre. A guy drowns paddleboarding in a, uh, what, what do they call this thing anyway? Hold on, let me see. Da, da, da. Um, it was a, it was a pond, I think they called it. But anyway, so Campbell's body was found shortly after 10 a.m. So here's what's weird. When was this reported? So I'm on a paddleboard with, with the captain, and he falls in the water, and I watch him drown. So I, I'm just, you know, I mean, this is like a Kennedy situation, is it not, Captain? It sounds like a Kennedy situation. Chappaqua. You know that story, right? Um, so, I, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy to me. And they, they didn't find the body until... Much later, I mean, they, so they found it shortly after 10 a.m. Uh, the search, search started at 7.46 p.m. on Sunday. I mean, so overnight they're looking for this body. I just, it's odd to me that they wouldn't mention the other paddle border. They wouldn't mention any, I mean, you know, they're investigating, but just strange to me. Strange. So that happened. Uh, cue up, cut three here, Captain. This is Kareem Jean-Pierre as well. 
you know, and and whatever. I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta chill. Okay. So here's the other thing about this very simple decision between Trump and Biden, or Trump and frankly any Democrat. I, I, I just don't. I don't. I think it's lost on people how much their lives are about to change for the worse. Like they think this stuff isn't happening. For example. Even though it's unconstitutional, the Supreme Court already said they couldn't do it. It didn't stop the Biden administration from issuing new regulations to put coal plants out of business. You have them issuing orders to car automobile manufacturers. So you're, you're, you, you're a private company. I mean, public as hell, but it's the same thing. You're a private company. You're not owned by the government. And you make cars. And you have the Biden administration telling you, you have to make electric vehicles now. You can't make anymore gas-powered V. I mean, what kind of, that's fascism, folks, by the way. Who gave them that authority? So now they're banning water heaters, certain water heaters. This is the next thing. I mean, this is so insane to me. So you're not going to be able to buy a gas-powered vehicle in, in about 10 years. I mean, this is, this is nuts to me. I mean, I got a 15-week-old, so 10 years from now-ish, you know, She'll be 10 years old, 11 years old. And, and, and there's not going to be any gas-powered vehicles anymore. I mean, I don't think people understand the astronomical level of des- dev- devastation that's going to happen when this stuff goes into place. So KJP, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she's asked by a reporter, how many more appliances is Biden going to ban? So go ahead and play that clip, Captain. And I want you to listen to this response. This is terrifying. Terrifying. On appliances. Um, so from this administration, we've seen them go after gas stoves, air conditioning units with regulation, refrigerators, washing machines, dishwashers, now water heaters. How many more home appliances will Americans eventually have to replace then because of regulation? So just to be clear, when it comes to water heaters, and uh, it is a... Uh, uh, it is, uh, it is proposed, what has been put forward. Uh, and if it, it is enacted, it would not take it into effect until 2029. So let's not forget that. Uh, so we want to make sure that we have the facts out there. And uh, if and when it is enacted, it's going to help consumers save about $11 billion a year. That's what the president wants to do. He wants to make sure that we lower costs for the American people. That's why the Inflation Reduction Act is so important, right? Because it's going to provide up to $2,000 in credit uh, as it relates to energy. So those are the things that the president is focused on. But again, if enacted, it wouldn't be enacted until 2029. And when it and if it is enacted to add to that, consumers would save $11 billion a year. So my okay. toaster is safe. <laughs> Shocking. And if you believe her that the administration has your best interest, that they're trying to lower savings for you, you're an idiot. I'm sorry to say, you're an idiot. And this is what the Democrats do. This is their strategy everywhere. The border, they create chaos, they create a problem, and then they present a solution to solve the problem. And it gives them more power, right? So that's what's going on here. They're creating a crisis. So they, for example, they've destroyed the economy. They've made energy costs skyrocket. And they'll say, look, you can't afford your energy anymore. We need to transition to green new energy to save you money. Yeah, but we only have a problem with the prices because you created that problem in the first place. Do you see how insidious these people are? And listen to her around. Well, don't worry. Even if this is enacted, you have until 2029. It's like, okay, 
So you're you ha don't worry. You're gonna go to prison in 2029. You've got a few years left. No big deal. You're still going to jail. But you know, at least we we put it. You know, like five, we give you five more years. Five more years to enjoy your water heater, your stove, your gas-powered vehicle. Enjoy it. 2029. That's when it's coming. Okay. When we get to 2029, what are you gonna start banning by? You know, 2035, 2036. This is tyranny. Absolute totalitarianism. It's not their job to direct prices. It's not their job. It's not their role. They do not have the authority to tell entire industries what they can and cannot produce. And this, of course, they're using the same playbook as COVID. Under COVID, what, what, you know, give us your liberty. Do anything we say to save lives. Now it's, well, you have to do and give up and sacrifice anything and everything we tell you to to save the planet. There's nothing we cannot do to you in order to save the planet because it's such an important responsibility and task. See? And of course, we know we're not contributing to any climate change whatsoever. 50 plus years of predictions from these lunatics on the left, these climate cultists, not a single one has come true. Imagine listening to the same people who've never gotten a single prediction right and their entire lives still believing them. Or for that matter, imagine believing the same people who lied to you about everything related to COVID. Imagine believing those same lunatics when they tell you things about climate change. The same people telling you that you have to give up your liberty, give up your car, give up your lifestyle, give up your wealth to save the planet because of rising tides. Well, these people buy multi-million dollar homes that you'll never ever be able to afford right on the beach. It's such a hoax. And this is, this is my strategy, Captain. I now make fun of these people just blatantly without any kind of uh, sympathy whatsoever. I laugh hysterically at people who tell me that there's man-made climate change. I make them feel like they should feel lunatics, clowns, people who believe, you know, that two plus two is 17. How can you not laugh at somebody like that? <laughs> you fool. But that's what we have to do. So, <clears throat> you know, once again, it's getting worse before it gets better. Uh, another thematic thing that I wanted to get into here, this is related to Donald Trump and related to this, this malaise and this, I don't need to belong to some club still and not do the right thing for the country. So apparently Joe Rogan, right? Biggest podcast host on the planet. Well, he keeps turning down Trump's request for a podcast interview. So Trump's people apparently are reaching out to Joe Rogan and saying, hey, why don't you have Trump on the show? And Joe Rogan's saying no. What does this tell you? You know, see, this is why I say, have high standards, right? Don't lower your standards because of the media. Don't lower your standards because of the political climate, okay? What I mean by that is we're so desperate for people to make us feel like we're not lunatics because all we hear from the media and Democratic Party every day is that we're a minority. That's what they want you to think. So when you get somebody big or a Democrat like RFK Jr., who says one thing that we agree with, we want to embrace them like they are on our side. And they're not on our side. Joe Rogan is not on our side. Joe Rogan, many good qualities, 
has a great show. He's brought a lot of great attention to things, but I'm really sick of it because he's not willing to go the distance. So Joe Rogan, apparently, as much as, think about this, Joe Rogan's somebody who's attacked by the left mercilessly because he exposes the left. Kind of like Bill Maher. Bill Maher. We love Bill Maher on HBO. He's a Democrat who says things that we believe is conservatives. Yeah, but the, the piece of crap is still a Democrat. And he still votes Democrat. So I just think it's incredible that you have an opportunity to interview Trump. And look, Joe Rogan could ask him anything he wants. It's a long-form interview. I can negotiate something. But he has the opportunity to interview the president, former president of the United States, and he won't do it. Because he doesn't want to see, be seen as giving Donald Trump a platform, which is a left-wing censorship position. So Joe Rogan is effectively censoring Donald Trump, right? Because he won't have him on the show. It's censorship. So this is why I don't have a lot of respect. I don't admire a lot of people. I don't get all excited like we do in pop culture here where, oh my God, did you hear what this? I said, I don't care what that person said. Did you hear what I said? Just listen to what I said. I don't care what that person said. Let's think for ourselves here. But here's Joe Rogan. I mean, it's just, you know, he, he's fearful. He'll come under attack. He can't take it. And he doesn't want to give Trump a, a platform. So I, I just, you know, it's amazing. You know, Donald Trump's like the champion and the fighter of our lifetimes. And somehow, given everything we know about Joe Biden and what the Democratic Party's doing, it's hard for us, people on our side, to support Donald Trump. I don't get it. I'll never understand it. I mean, I do understand, but I don't really have enough time to get into it. So, you know, let, let me see what Rogan said. I'm not a Trump supporter in any way, shape, or form. This is the, He told podcaster Lex... Lex Fridman, who the heck is Lex Fridman? This is the most bore. I've never watched his show. But there's something that happens out there, and I'll tell you. There are people that, behind the scenes, that they want to succeed because they'll carry a narrative or, you know, they can be controlled. This, is a, this isn't a conspiracy. This is true. This is how it works. But, like, Lex Fridman is one of the least talented, least entertaining, most boring people. Like, walk, watching paint dry on a wall is more fascinating than listening to Lex Fridman pretend to be a pseudo intellectual. So I do this show and you know, whatever, but you know, Lex Fridman, it's like, well, Joe Rogan, uh, he allegedly keeps, he's turning down Trump's requests, uh, for this podcast interview. Now we're going to get to the bottom of why he does that. And I'm going to bring on my show soon, a, a few people to discuss and weigh into this, but um, I'm searching for the biggest word that exists in the vocabulary to impress you with my intelligence. Are you asleep yet? This is this is literally how Lex Fridman conducts like a one or two hour show. It's, it's like maddening when I've tried to see these clips. That was a tangent, but it's just frustrating. So anyway, you know, I, I'm not a Trump supporter. I've had the opportunity to have him on my show more than once. I've said no every time. I don't want to help him. I'm not interested in helping him. I mean, it's just, I mean, does Joe Rogan have no balls? Is that what he's admitting there? Joe Rogan can have these interviews with CNN hosts and he can like put his foot on their neck basically and ruin their careers by calling them out for the horse dewormer and all this sort of stuff, all the lie. So he can do that, but he can't have Donald Trump on his show. I mean, 
He can do whatever he wants. It's just insane. So, you know, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people that are somehow able to get halfway there. They can recognize what COVID was. They can recognize the problems in the Democratic Party. They can recognize a lot of these issues, censorship, what's going on. And yet somehow they can't put the pieces together and connect the dots to who's behind it, which is what? The Democratic Party every single time. But no, I won't have Donald Trump on my show. I won't let him spread misinformation. What misinformation? I, you know. Anyway, I don't know. It's frustrating, Captain. It's like, you know, we're living through this period in history that we're all going to talk about for the rest of our lives. Who knows what's going to happen down the road when we're all older. You can almost see the future in some ways. Like, I mean, you can get a bird's eye view of this moment in history, how important it is. And it's the simplest thing in the world to do. Elect Donald Trump. Elect Donald Trump. Beat the Democrats. That's it. That's, that, that's the calling right now. And so, yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vociferously throw my support and devote myself to getting Trump reelected. That's it. I am. I'm going to do it because I get it. I get the stakes. I get what's going on. And he's the best candidate that we have. And it's foolish to sit here and look at what they have, Joe Biden, and just give up and say, we can't beat Joe Biden or the Democrat. Why? Why? Because you have a loser's mentality. I'm sorry. That's the reality. I'm offending people probably, but so what? You know, if these are my, my last words in the union, you know, let them be strong. All right. That's all the time we got for today. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. God bless you all, and until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Allen. As Drew Allen. Conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.